Hello ladies and gentlemen and Reese's Pieces in between. Uh, this is Soap Papo with um, another week of living, um, doing what one does, you know, and so much of, of life, in all honesty, it feels like it's going towards, it's being lost into, it's being taken away by having to go to work, you know, and, and obviously not not every one job is the same you know some people they sit behind a desk all day some are actively on their feet you know what I'm saying maybe being a hero others maybe taking in the ass I mean whichever floats your boat or found you your lost remote I mean we do what we have to right and whatever our nine to five is no matter the time frame in which it actually takes place it's it's all that's those are just details let's not get lost in the details other than that when you're doing something that you don't love it just it kind of becomes one of those things where like huh well i don't want to do that again and you start dreading shit and then you you lose the vigor of maybe whatever had you waking up in the morning with you know what i'm saying with with haste with you know such alarm with such a, a a need to have to hurry up and go Something that, you know, and I don't mean in a way to where you have fucking kids running around making a goddamn mess, pissing you the fuck off, and you got to go be back there with a goddamn mop and broom, or broom and mop, whatever came first, the chicken or the egg, and it's just one of those things to where if, if you feel like you're just working for the weekend, and I don't mean that in some terrible, maybe a, a cliche Actually, no. It was a, it was an eighty song first. I want to say Ooh, I don't I don't know if Seinfeld came out first and he had those you know semi corny jokes, which you know got him in, um, or if it was the literal men at work from Australia who had that one song working for the mm-hmm, something like that, and and it makes me wonder like, well, now I'm getting lost in what else Australia's produced. I'm not too sure if it's I think Schwarzenegger. I think is I think is Iggy Azalea, Wadita, um, and then I also think Steve Irwin, right? That's the guy who wrestled the crocodiles or the alligators, you know, what have you. Which then we made synonymous with white people just doing crazy shit, which ain't always the case. And you have your different shades of white, uh, but I'm just, I wonder like how America is viewed, especially with what's currently going on, and we and it seems like the bad guy from the Karate Kid is gonna become the fucking president. So like, I wonder, is that how we're seeing it? Is he the definition? Do we see like the the typical you know New York yuppie or like the I don't know the hardworking Boston guy you know who say who says khakis like he's trying to say khakis, 
or is it the you know is, and it can't be the surfer because you figure that might have floated on from Hawaii over to Cali and I know they're they're really big out there in Australia too wherever the fuck there's waves I don't know about that sport so don't quote me but I'm just wondering like what what do they see do they see a smorgasbord of shit because you know Mexicans take up a lot of the motherfucking population out here so do they do they see a a man from Home Depot like is that one of the the great image backgrounds like what is it that other people are seeing and as far, as far as what they're doing and analytics can probably explain a lot of that but then I think we get very um, racial by that time because then that's when stereotypes kind of collide and I recently saw a study that regardless of all that like there's still very very similar uh, watching patterns as far as like what people watch on Netflix and I've realized especially being with this long drown out work week where I feel like most of my time goes towards that and however the concept of eight hours of work with eight hours of recreational with eight hours of sleep like however the fuck that shit became a thing to where we had to spend a third of something in order to and, and then have to do something else or have to supplement in between the two it, it could be jarring and it can give a fucking headache and I'm actually feeling it right now but when it comes to, like I said, our, our watch patterns or just in, in what we kind of maybe give ourselves over to, like I said, having such a, uh, I don't know, brain frying week instead of, you know, let's say wanting to make some music or even fucking one of my beautiful vices or most horrible vices, but, you know, playing vids, even when that becomes too jarring, like, oh, I don't want to turn this shit on, or I gotta worry about making a noise or, you know, knowing damn well what happens when you get lost into something, you know food, confessing, whatever, you know, you just, you really just go all out, and it made me think, or actually, it just, it made me think more about, uh, just what kind of, what gets lost into the whole process of when you, you know, you're watching Netflix, now, I have my little shits put in a list, so when I do find something, bam, it goes to the list, and if and when I feel to watch it, hoping that it doesn't get removed at the beginning or ending of every month, then, you know, I get to enjoy it eventually. And even though I have like this big ass list that I would probably never find the time to be able to actually go through and binge watch unless, you know, a special occasion arises and however the hell, whatever the hell moods, modes, moods, modes that we get when, you know, getting lost in something entirely like that is having to actually like look for other stuff. Kind of like how when you go to the fridge Knowing damn well, maybe you just were there five minutes ago, or you just got done eating, but yeah, you you look. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's, if it's a fat person thing or what. Where you go, you look. You know, you don't see nothing. Okay, you keep it moving. And yet somehow, again, as if something's gonna magically fucking get there, you look again and, and again and forever how fucking long the process is until you actually make a decision. I feel like in that very same respect, we look through Netflix. Ugh, I look through Netflix. And I'm just, I'm looking for shit that I'm like, no, I really don't like this. Knowing damn well that the only way there's going to get, that there's going to be a new show is whether at the beginning or the end of the month. And the only way there's going to be new groceries inside the fridge is at the beginning or the ending of every month, depending on when you get from the page to the first to the 15th. Or however the hell the check comes in, it, it, shit can't move until there's movement or until there's more to, you know, fisher and filter around. So, so point being, we get very lost in this little stale, non-moving pond and I'm not so mad at it, only because I, like I said, I don't even have time to swim around that pond, so why bother for such a bigger one? But I laughed that I just looked a little bit deeper into it, and it turns out that there technically is only 31 films on Netflix. A lot of it 
gets you know filtered or, or muddled in with uh, TV shows which mind you are the majority of shit that I have on my list because they're just I think movies to bastardize something into a simple two hours is I think it, it just leaves you too much it, it, depending on what the story is of course it leaves you begging for much more kind of like me imagine you know a fuck session will last about that long and I've had my I had my fill so I'm really trying to you know, make up for some demons but what really caught me off guard about it only having 31 films is that it actually had gone down lower. It actually had decreased 12% from 2014. So just, mind you, every month at the beginning and end, they take some away that no longer are contracted or you know eligible, and they add new stuff in. I'm not too sure if it's to weigh in one for the other or one that gets lesser views. I, I'm, I don't run analytics down there, but they make these conditions or these changes on uh, behalf of that. Now, one of the dopest things though about Netflix, I think why you may maybe not notice, is that most of the shit that's on there, at least the good stuff or really good stuff, is actually original material. So Netflix is really paving the way by making their own original content. Do they use shit from AMC and ABC and other things that rhyme with these? Yes, they, they do. But some of the dopest stuff though comes out directly from them. Now whether that's a mix of the Marvel stuff, which is a pretty big deal in the fact that Disney owns them, like they own ESPN, and there would never be sports content to get in there. I think there's a few documentaries, but I'm not too sure how that works. And it's, and But there's definitely Marvel stuff, and with the, they own Star Wars. So I can imagine, and mind you, Disney, I'm sure, I don't know if they have a stake in Netflix or not, but they're really allowing for their materials to be, like, kind of almost have an exclusive pa- platform. I mean, I want to say I've seen little... Um, actually, no, I think that's Nickelodeon. Your Hulus and your other things, I'm not too sure what exclusive they content they have from, from Disney. I just know that it, com- it, it comes from uh, Netflix a lot, or at least because that's the majority, I've noticed that they at least have a lot of their content. And with the years coming, they're going to definitely release a lot of like, their animated movies, which is their top sellers. So if we already have things like your Avengers and shit like that, then I can imagine the rest of Marvel stuff, which we already have original shit like your Daredevils, your Luke Cage's, your, uh, what's that, what he does name? I can't really think of it right now. Something page, can't even think of With all this stuff that they have, they really are kind of carving their own way so that they're probably not going to need other movies. I'm sure they'll have to in order to kind of to keep, you know, exclusive, exclusivity deals about where you see something first, whether it's your red boxes, whether it's your DVDs, or however the hell that works. And it's interesting how they kind of time those, that stuff. But it just kind of shows how big of a, a juggernaut they are. And I'm not mad at it at all. You know, they have their own little ecosystem. And I feel like, and, and especially to go, to go back with the Marvel thing, they're really picking and choosing how or where they're creating their shit. They're not just going to let something be bastardized. I mean, no offense to Supergirl or the Arrow and other DC, you know, franchises, but shit can seem pretty whack, and I can't be mad at that because even the earliest, and maybe still, and mind you, I'm a Superman fan, but it's, it's always been corny, and it's always just been kind of a tool to look at, and that's what makes, I think, gives Batman such a bigger strength audience-wise is because you, you get to be a little bit more dark and a little bit more gritty and, you know, Superman is known as the Boy Scout of sorts, so which isn't a bad thing, like I said, that's that's great and that's honorable, but there's mind you, there's a bit of edge that kind of gets lost in it when, when, you, when you go that route, but either which way, back to Marvel, they're actually even 
even when it comes to video games, one of the things I used to get really upset about is every other year or every time a movie comes out, there's some franchise game to go alongside with it. And it always kind of came out a bit shitty. Like there was something missing in the details, whether that was, uh, I don't know, just the functions or glitches or just whatever the hell. It, just, it, it wasn't properly done. This shit was rushed. This shit was the kind of thing to where, okay, let's get the last game we got, make that shit shinier, prettier, add in a few extra things so that they don't notice that we're using the same structure of shit from before. So they're really taking their time. And to give more specific example, your two big juggernauts, and I'm, mind you, I'm a Nintendo fanboy, is going to either be your Sony PlayStation or your Microsoft Xbox. Now, in that sense, those are really the two competing systems, and when you can have an exclusive, it's going to kind of drive a wedge and make you choose. I mean, unless you have money to just get both systems, you're going to pretty much pick and choose what system you're going to go for, which one you're going to invest into and have the, build this library of shit for. Because for those that don't have the luxury of having, a, you know, money to wipe your ass with or, you know, the nonsense to just put on a credit card and worry about it later, you're going to probably be picky or, uh, or precise or more, you know, particular about what you invest into. At least we should. Anything we lose ourselves or gives ourselves over to, we should hopefully get give it a lot of consideration just knowing that it ends out and ways about it but anyways marvel and i keep getting off the point is teaming up with a company called uh, or they're using the developers called insomniac games if you're into into them at all you might know them from your ratchet and clanks uh they definitely did a really dope ass game uh that's, that was called uh, Sunset Overdrive, which is the only reason I would want to go back to Xbox. I mean, besides kind of playing the Gears of War shit, which I didn't hear was all too great this, this last time around, I would want to go just because of that game and the fact that this company, who normally has had a very close relationship um, with uh, Sony since, I mean, I'm pretty sure even before the Ratchet & Clank series, they just, they've been known to be the homies that chill with, you know, Sony. And when they had this game, and they, you know, mind you, they're a third-party company, so they can technically do what they want. They're not in-house, so they don't have to, you know, just strictly, you know, do for for that particular team, a la Manny Fresh back in the day, you know, where he had to just do shit for the cash money. And then eventually, once he got out of his deal, he was able to then branch out and other people can get some hits. For the most part, when you're in-house, they're going to keep you in-house. So I, I'm not too sure if that was a way of them saying, look, we can do a whole lot more. We're gonna, you know, and then they were given a chance to. It was dope as hell. It definitely got my attention. And like I said, this is me, you know, picking a side. Cause it, it, when you when you love Nintendo, that's just what's in your heart. And then when you go Sony or Xbox, that's just a matter of, you know, left or right. You know, jackass or hippo or however that goes, elephant. <laughs> so they're now exclusively making this uh they exclusively have the rights i'm saying i say all this to say that they exclusively have the rights to make the next spider-man game which you feel out whatever but spider-man's really dope and even though they have a new movie coming up soon this is something that's totally disconnected from the movie franchise at least we're assuming because they it just it's, it has its own costumes and because they show teasers of it and it looks gorgeous and it, and they're very used to doing games where they're kind of zip lining and flying and you know zipping away kind of like the infamous games on um, 
Sony and then of course that Sunset Overdrive game. They just they have a thing about grinding and, and just flying all over the place that makes it perfect for Spider-Man. And I'm not, I'm not too sure if that's what the intent was. Like, okay, who makes this kind of game without ever making that kind of game? Oh, these people. But anyways, so they, they get to, the reason why it's such a big deal and that they get to exclusively make something is the fact that it's not a company that's going to distribute or dispense to other systems. I mean, mind you, Sony thing actually owns the right to, uh, I, I don't know if they lost the right to to the Spider-Man franchise because I know it's going back to Marvel but mind you Marvel kind of keeping it in the house for a little bit knowing damn well these, these people can make a great fucking game for another fucking system an ecosystem then you know it might have been like the you know the fire under the asshole to kind of get it sizzling and who knows it could might might maybe get ported over like for example there's uh, Laura Croft you might remember her from the Angelina movie which originally was actually a game and she kind of came back in a style and really sold really well. And for time being, it was exclusive to Xbox for a while. And it just came over to the, the, the PlayStation 4, which doesn't make too big of a difference because it wasn't like it was a guaranteed exclusive because they weren't owned by either one company. So mind you, it was kind of like a second party, but they made games for both systems. So it was just, it was just a thing about timing. And like I said, timing and exclusivity will kind of keep people at bay. You tell me that I'm going to get this if I stay here. Well, then if it means that much more to me, I'm going to. I think in that same aspect, when you have channels like your Netflix that are going to give you this content, you know you're going to get the same great stuff, at least you would hope so, or you assume so, or you give trust into by sticking around. And they just recently made a, a price jump, and I'm not too sure if that's going to go any higher or how that's going to stack up against other companies because I think that's kind of been the rate with other people, and that's what made Netflix so dope. It's kind of like when a fat girl becomes skinny and she, she realizes that she's hot, and then all of a sudden she says, shit, shit don't stink. I hope that ain't that case. Well, she definitely knows her worth now. So that's interesting. And I just, I never really understood how, um, you know, we can see one thing and then, you know, it be something totally different. That could be how blind you get lost into it uh, or what you want to believe. But then there's just in some instances where you know shit to be true. And when it's not... It's very confusing, and if this were a comic book series, or if we were, you know, plugged into the Matrix, then this would be a parallel universe when we have those, and I'm not too sure if it's something that's considered serendipitous, or those moments where you kind of have the deja vu, they say it's because you were meant to, this, it was meant to happen, that you're on the right track. And a lot of times, and you know, whether you want to get, you know, all faith-based or, or, or whatnot, but we all, there are all, there's always a moment in time for everything. Just how, you know, there's a moment to be quiet, a moment to stand up and all that good shit, and it's up to you and the, your internal spirit and communication with the universe to figure out when that time is and, you know, how to be wise and going about it. A lot of times, I, as far as me, like, I, I know just when I'm like, fuck, man, I really, I should have done that differently. I know what I should have done. Why did I sabotage myself? How the fuck does it happen? And then you just have these moments of deja vu where you see yourself shooting yourself in the fucking foot, and you're like, damn. Now, if, if, if that is serendipity, and you just kind of came full circle again and realized, fuck, okay, that didn't work. So now I got to do this again. And even though as much as you hate having to start over, it should be easy because you're, you should be good at what you just did, or at least you should be alert 
and hopefully remembrance of that so that you know what pattern to follow or to, to write up against, which could make life sh not sound so much to say shitty, like, you know, white first person, first uh, world problem kind of way, but you're, just, you're so mad because you feel like you should, you should be wiser, you should be better. And a lot of times, like, like I said, I, I was wondering if it was a matter of just, you know, could, could something have been altered? Like, how is it that I remember this exact same moment? How could I have been right here? Or how can I have repeated myself so many fucking times? I, I, one, one of the worst things to be is a fool. And even though cholos and most niggas will say, uh, what up, fool? Or some shit like that. Like, I really dislike it. And it's very disrespectful. But... I was I came across some um, and I hate to give shout outs to BuzzFeeds, but they had uh, 20 examples of what I'm kind of mentioning, and they're referring to it as a Mandela effect, and it's what really makes you believe that you're in said you know parallel universe. And it says maybe it's it's parallel universes or time travel, maybe it's just bad memory. Either way, it's fascinating, and there's an unexplained phenomenon that you've probably experienced without knowing what it's called, and when garnering more and more attention lately, the Mandela effect is what internet is calling those curious instances in which many of us are certain we can remember something a particular way, but it turns out to be incorrect. Now, this is really where it fucks with you because... You didn't know there was these changes. And, and that almost makes me think, okay, well, shit, could it be rebranding? Could, could that be the case? But there's a big difference from rebranding and what you can then do a Google search of and try to figure out, was it this way? And if you can't find evidence, that just makes you wonder, how's the rug that easy to sweep out of? And I guess if you have money, it makes it that easy. But it says that uh, the name of the theory comes from many people feeling certain that they could remember Nelson Mandela dying while he was still in prison back in the 1980s. And it says contrary, and that was a weird thing too, because I could have sworn that was in history. It says now contrary to what many thought, Mandela actually, uh, Mandela, 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 Mandingo, actual death was on December 5th, 2013. I remember Obama being there and it being a deal. It was despite some people claiming to remember seeing clips of the funeral on TV. And it goes, these false memories have some people thinking their memory sucks. But some would wonder if they've gone to a parallel universe or if it's time travelers have gone to the past and slightly affected our present so that they're simply losing their freaking minds. Uh, whichever it is, what's most interesting about the Mandela effect is that it's so many individuals share the same false memories. And that's the part that trips me out. And like I mentioned earlier, when you're on the right track or when something is simply destiny and some things you can't alter, some things they just have to happen, but other things they find their way that that could be the God effect or whatever you want to call it. And it makes me wonder. So if something is still close to being as it is, event because they would have had the same effect whether now or then is the part that lets me know, okay, well, then that simply was made to be there for some bigger, grander scheme of shit that had to have happened. And something, and like I said, things very similar too. For example, Oscar Meyer isn't spelled, you know, M E Y E R. They have it spelled Oscar Mayer, M A Y E R. And it goes, in, in, it's in actuality, the famous brand of hot dogs and lunch meats, it's Oscar Mayer, but people uh, have grown frustrated because they remember it being M-E-Y-E-R with an E. 
And a lot of people call the jingle from the commercials and insist the lyrics here. My baloney has a first name. It's S-O-C-A-R. My baloney has a second name. It's M-A-Y-E-R. Still, uh, somehow it's actually Mayer. Though many people think that it's uh, that that's the real baloney here. So, and if y'all didn't catch it, it's baloney, meaning it's shit. And considering that processed meat is a bunch of shit crammed together, that's I don't know if there's a quadruple entendre, but that hits the fucking cake. Now the next one they mentioned was a show called Sex in the City, which is what I thought that it was called. And it's, it says, but many people insist the memory being, uh, well, it goes, I guess it's called sex and the city. Uh, but many people insist they remember it being in. At some point, some people have even posted pictures of old memorabilia they have that supports the false memory. Like, what the fuck? Like, shit might have been altered, but how did we finally come up with that twist? Like, what would garner you making that after the fact? Unless it's someone trying to make an artsy claim saying, well, it's sex in the city and that's why you love being there. But I thought it was the sex in the city that, that drove these holes wild. So, interesting, to say the least. And then the next one, which fucking really tickled my asshole because I'm a big fan of Queen and I know this shit. Um... We Are the Champions by Queen. It ends differently than many people recall. It goes, many of those familiar with the song remember the final lyrics being, no time for losers, because we are the champions. And that's when the nigga ends it with the, of the world. But guess what? It goes, there is no of the world. The song just ends. And it's driving people crazy because they feel they 100% are sure that they've heard otherwise in the past. Now, me, I grew up with and my daddy might have been a fairy who knows that might have been why i'm so spicy as i am but i remember he would freddie was one of the you know people he was just infatuated with so in turn i listened to it instead of me fucking hearing some fucking dunga, 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 fuck beaner sort of shit i grew up with freddie understand that respect that and for a fact I mean you can't say a fact because there's no way I can fucking prove it since now that song no longer ends that way and it's been out since fucking 79 or whenever the hell it came out it makes me wonder like how that could be so that's fucking definitely nut scratcher right there and it goes many people think that Monopoly man uh, rich uncle Pennybags has a monocle but he doesn't and I'm looking at pictures now and he definitely doesn't have that now why you would take that away from something, you know, holding its vintage look? Because who the fuck holds monocles nowadays? If I could, I would. If I could pull it off, I sure shit would. But it goes, perhaps there was just something confusion about Mr. Peanut, the planter uh, peanut mascot who also wears a top hat and carries around a cane. And there are a number of people who can't seem to grasp how the Monopoly man is monocleless. And they distinctly know him to have one. Now, one thing I'll say for sure, too. Is and I'm pretty fucking sure Jim Carrey in Ace Ventura, maybe number two, which I'm surprised hasn't been remade or hasn't just fucking made a bigger deal. Uh, I remember him making fun of Pennybags and was even like, he took some old man's monocle, started wearing it, and he made two specific jokes one about being the, the, the peanut cat, and then the other one being uh, the nigga from Monopoly. So. The proof is in that thing, unless that movie got fucking erased out of history, too, which would freak me out. Y'all should look that up. Uh, another one that fucking had me was the, the Bernstein Bears. Now, the Bernstein Bears are actually called the Bernstein Bears, which 
probably wouldn't make a big difference but now like when you look at the books it says the burnt and then it has a little slash and then in bears so this one's more popular Mandela effect based because it, it's, it shows that someone recalled the book series cartoon about a family of bears being known as the Bernstein Bears. However, if you look at it now, they're actually called the Bernstein Bears. Many folks insist they remember it being called it with the E and some Redditor even found the old VHS tape of the cartoon and labeled the, labeled the shows as such. So why so they would be rebranding as if we're not gonna know it's a jewish name like I, I don't i don't see the fucking the difference in that then there's other ones like curious george you know never having a tail and you know chick-fil-a being uh what was it chick-fill-a i mean that's kind of how, how you how you how you always spelled it but you know that one i really didn't understand too much now one of the big ones here for sure for the geeks out there uh, star wars and the big one is when Darth Vader saying that Darth Vader doesn't actually say Luke, I am your father. He goes, he goes. One of the most famous phrases from film, but many are discovering that it's not what Darth Vader said. He actually says, "No, I am your father." So, if they're just a misremembered the movie line, or did someone overwordingly shenanigans uh, take place? Because this isn't the only Star Wars related to the Mandela effect in this instance. Because I know that the C-3PO isn't all gold. It goes, many Star Wars fanatics recall that C-3PO was completely gold and were greatly thrown off upon discovering that he supposedly had silver legs the whole time, which, I mean, I imagine that being a cop-out for the toys, but they're seeing that a lot of memorabilia doesn't even feature the silver leg. It goes, needless to say, that this surprise to fans who have seen the film many a times, and those who are Star Wars fans, you couldn't pay someone else to watch that movie as many times as you leisurely did it. So... And they never noticed a distinct feature of the popular character. So I thought that was interesting. Now, the next one tripped me out because they actually found a man interesting. I was watching uh, Cartoons with the Boys, actually watching PBS. And for all those that have deep money banks, of course, I would want you to send it to, you know, patreon.com slash But if you, you know, are into education by any means, then you would give it to me but of course also to pbs because they're just they do so much they have such great shit for the kids we grew up on it if you can remember or if you hopefully had that childhood and mr rogers was a big one but they now have i think it's called daniel the tiger and i was tripping out because i was watching with the boys I'm like, oh this seems slow hopefully they'll grasp it i heard them sing a song about not being mad when you have to share so I figured, okay this might be some good shit and then i see him driving around the little world that they live in and it looked like the fucking little, you know, cart that Mr. Rogers had, you know, had around his house. So I thought she was man interesting. It's not that's not a Mandela effect. That's just a good thing to give to your kids because if you grow up, Mr. Rogers, hopefully you have some fucking patience, know how to tie your shoes and you know, contribute to society in some way. But it goes during the Mr. Uh, neighborhood intro, he'd sing a little jingle that many people remember being with the line, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Now, that's not what it was, though instead, it, he clearly states, it's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, which just doesn't sound right uh, for those who feel like they know the correct wording without a shadow of a doubt, especially because that just seems, I mean, even though Mr. Rogers always wore that red rag, he couldn't have been about his hood. I thought he was for everybody's hood. And you know, like I said, it's one of those things to where that slight difference is just too weird. And mind you, we're kids. And kind of like we maybe developed our own little like folklore, but that's that shit you know was a little bit confusing. Now the next one is that people think that Mona Lisa is smiling now, but she used to be emotionless. 
and that's one of the things that I laugh at the most because, and I'm not too sure if it's just from years of knockoffs, but and, and unless in some creepy way, maybe she's, you know, she was bored before, and now she's finding this shit mad interesting, and she's truly living in that fucking painting, is that that was her whole shtick. And they even questioned that the artist, you know what I'm saying, might have been, wasn't he supposedly a cross-dresser? I forget, was it Leonardo? And that he was painting himself, and he was laughing because the nigga was in drag, and no one fucking noticed. So is he laughing about it now? Like... That part I don't understand, but that shit's very fucking mad creepy. If you try to look at pictures, this bitch has a smile now. Unless maybe the photocopies that we made have, have given that shadow effect. I mean, I really can't explain it, but there's something there for sure. Now, there's all the non meaningless ones about um, uh, Kit Kat having not having a dash. That's just a matter of rebranding. Uh, but it goes, and this one's for sure too, and this couldn't have been a confusion with the Shaq one, but it goes, people remember Sinbad Genie movie from the 90s, but there isn't one. It goes, many claim to recall a Genie movie from the 1990s that starred Sinbad. The only problem is, there never was one. Uh, there are some people that insist they aren't there, though, that they are, are not confusing with the 1996 flick Kazam, which starred Shaq as a genie. They just don't know the title or what happened to the movie's existence. They're all very certain, though, that once upon a time, it was a thing. And I could have sworn, too. One of the things I could have sworn as well is that Shaq was in a fucking movie about being Superman. Now, you might think, oh, yo, early 90s, a pro-black superhero? Fuck no. We're barely giving Luke Cage a shot now, and we, and we throw him in the fucking trying times where all black men are, are dangerous beasts. And here we have a nigga that, that can't be affected by bullets. Like, interesting times. And not to say that that couldn't happen in the 90s because hip-hop was becoming something and Sinbad was big back in the day. But... I remember Shaq being the man of steel. This nigga literally was in a steel suit. I thought it was so fucking dope. I remember having the toys. That doesn't exist. That fucking tripped me the fuck out. It makes my head hurt, I'm telling you. Now, another one is um, life isn't like a box of chocolates. It goes, it seems that the majority of people confidently remember Forrest Gump saying or stating that his mama said, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Well, it turns out that they actually said life was like a box of chocolates. Now, despite what you've felt, you distinctly remember. Now, see, I'm the type that even when I watch a movie, even though it could be annoying and I, and I get mad at it when I watch a foreign film having to read, but when I watch a movie speaking the same fucking language I speak, I like watching it with subtitles. kind of helps. Sometimes you can kind of catch them up on whether they're lazy or not and, and recording what they actually said. Sometimes, especially when, you, when, you, when someone says the word nigga and they put it with a hard R, wondering if fucking Siri was writing this shit. But I could distinctly remember that fucking line and everybody quoting it as such. So is this just like a mistake that everyone just kept making a mistake over? Kind of like how French Montana, and I forget what the name of the fucking song, but this dumb, ignorant, motherfucking Moroccan bitch said something about drinking and it's going to fuck up a kidney when it really fucks up your liver. Like, you ignorant piece of shit. Fuck you and your opportunity to be inside Khloe Kardashian, you son of a bitch. Another one here is Hannibal Lecter never said hello, Clarice. Which is bullshit because that's just one of like national known shits. Like, I don't know. He goes, Have you ever seen Silence of the Lambs? He goes, You know, the most famous line is, Hello, Clarice. Now, the only problem is that never happened. And when Clarice first meets Hannibal Lecter, he simply says, Good morning. That's it. How is a film's most well known line non existent? Nobody knows. And it's definitely eating my asshole apart. Right? I 
really don't understand it, and it really trips me out. And uh, another another one, and this should be a big one, which, like I said, I'm trying to figure out the deeper message as to why these time travelers altered that line, because this is what's happening. And I want to fully believe that I live in this fucking world to where, you know, shit can be ever-changing, and somehow one fucking move can change something else by the drop of a hatch. But it goes, the next one, the queen in Snow White never said mirror, mirror on the wall. Now that should fucking shock you because mind you, this is not what every evil bitch would tell themselves. And it goes, while the famous Snow White quote, you've probably heard others say and repeated yourself, mirror, mirror on the wall. It goes, it turns out that the correct line is magic mirror on the wall. Now, mind you, this can almost be plausible because I know, like, when kids say certain shit, they end up just repeating one other word because they can't quite get the linguistics down. And I wonder if that might have been one of the same things. Like I said, I call that the fucking idiot. Um, what's the nigga from Cloaking Cowboys? They just said his fucking name. It's fucking Khloe Kardashian. Uh, that's dangerous. The next one here, uh, Jiffy Peanut Butter does not exist. What the fuck? It goes, it's called Jif. And see, that's, I think that's just a matter of rebranding. But even though people remember the popular brand of peanut butter being called Jiffy and having a campaign that told mothers that they could fix their kids a snack in a Jiffy, Jiffy was certainly been embodied in the minds of many and even spotted in American Dad during an episode in which the character is uncovering a conspiracy. Now, one of the most fucked up things about, and I forget if it was American Dad or Family Guy, but they pretty much use a YouTube clip, like use the actual YouTube clip, put it in the fucking show. Don't remember if they had if they had permission or not. But the, then the guy or the person who created that original clip gets pulled down from YouTube because of copyright, because it was in Family Guy. <laughs> that was just a fucking fine. How do you do? Another one was uh, Fruit Loops and how it was spelled F-U-I-T and then now F-O-O-T, which makes the most sense because if you have O-O's and loops, you don't want that in fruit. So that's just a matter of rebranding. But there's just certain things, like the other ones that he mentioned, to where how could that have been different? And how the fuck did that even happen? And if is there any ones that you remember that, that I'm not thinking of? But I don't know, man. That shit really fucking freaks me out, to be honest with you. Now I guess back into the realm of being in these parallel universes and not really believing or, you know, holy shit, this is this is happening kind of thing, kind of like a slow-moving car wreck has been the kind of the whole Trump thing. And it's so funny, we've come to expect this kind of stuff, and of course it's going to come out just before it's time to actually vote for the goddamn thing, but Trump has now allegations about uh, women, uh, you know, being, was it sexually abused? I'm not sure if he just sexually harassed or if he fucked some of these bitches. The Cosby effect, now that would have happened a long time ago. Those skeletons would have been one of the first things to come out. Like I said, shit, this man's been under a fucking microscope, like, intentionally, for the longest, since we can remember. That's how he built his name. So... It's kind of, it, 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 it's reached kind of like a, ha it, it's weird, it's at a weird fork in the road right now because it's either where, you know, we either would have known about it and believe that it doesn't, you know, it can't be right, it can't be true, you know, it's just bullshit that they're throwing to kind of throw some spice on, on top of all this shit. Or maybe we kind of accept it and why wouldn't Donald do that? Why, why wouldn't this man who talks shit about a fucking fat dyke, 
you know, in public TV and repeats her name when it's time for the debates, why wouldn't he go after this? Or why wouldn't he do this? And in that same respect, there was, um, what was it, the fat shaming he did with that girl, Alicia Machado, who he had called fat. She was a formal Miss Universe. Uh, he had, like, you know, talk smack about her. Hillary ends up using her as fire during the debates. And he's and he, she's someone that, I, f- I forget where the tiff was between her and Trump, but... Uh, mind you, he sponsors, he's part of the Miss Universe contest, so, and why wouldn't he, of course, have all the baddest bitches from all the countries around the world, but there was a point where he had, you know, did her dirty, and we could all look it up later, uh, but apparently she's kind of been through through a life of her own to where she was, like, with some fucking drug smuggler, you know what I'm saying, she, she's been in the heat, and people thought or there was speculation that when you know hillary brings her up he, and she even used her in her fucking ad which you have to pay for i'm wondering this bitch get broken off with little some some like janto right like if you're gonna use your public image and you know kind of repeat uh this public shaming and hurtful you know time to then you know be in repeat and be used against someone else which it's kind of funny that she, Hillary, I'm speaking of, you know, calls Donald this bully, and yet she's using these fucking bully-ass tactics. Now, that's not taking away from what he's doing. She's a lying bitch on top of it, but it's 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 it's, it's a dirty fight. And it's just like, man, it's just fucking pissing me the fuck off. And, and especially because, you know, some would think that, you know, me being race, racy, that, you know, I'm, I'm a firm, uh, you know, Trump supporter, which I, I supported the fact of how ridiculous I feel like it is, but this motherfucker on one of my babies um, and I'm pretty sure she was a form of dedication before but Rose McGowan who now has this scary I really wouldn't call it a, a butch shave because she's just she's just a bit aging so she just looks a little butch and she's like all f- fully shaven and she talks about this uh, raping that happened in Hollywood that you know with the, I'm not sure if it was a director or a producer and that it's been like the you know Hollywood secret to everyone knows but no one really talks about and I can't believe that Trump would go against this woman, you know, knowing all the shit and, and, you know, being so hurt about being hurt and about being, being put on the back burner. And a lot of people kind of mention it being her foray into wanting to speak up for abortion, which, mind you, if you're fucking raped, you shouldn't have to keep that bastard, point blank. I mean, could that be the next Jesus? Could that be the person who cures cancer? I mean, we'd all like to fucking hope so, but, you know, it's, you know, I, and that's where waters become murky and you have the fucking choice. And that's kind of where I feel like, you know, that's, that is up to you. And no matter what um, spiritual thing we can think of, if you can't provide in that future, and let's say, I don't know, let's say it's 80% of folks who are in that predicament don't end up on the positive note, why would you want to continue that trend? Honestly, just besides feeling things wrong or something's icky or, or it's hurtful, I mean, why would you put someone else to that suffering? On top of it being suffering on yourself, which mind you, someone would say it's selfless, but in in the, in the same aspect, it's it almost seems um, like you're doing things out of guilt, and which I guess kind of keeps the world turning and what kept Catholicism thriving. So I mean, who can really talk shit about that? But the fact that Trump talks shit about McGowan pissing me off, saying the bitch ain't attractive, and yeah, you know, as much as I like my dyke haircuts and it not fitting well with her, that shouldn't be held against her. And I don't know, that really, that, that fucked me up, man. How, how, in this time, and I guess it doesn't matter what kind of zingers you're throwing, which definitely lets me know what kind of parallel universe we're living in, or we can throw this bitch in the fire, calling her ugly, like, Trump, you an ass. And although it's shitty that you have these people throwing these claims at you, it, you know, it almost, like I said, it's just, it's perfect fucking timing, and people are going to easily believe it. And why you became the scrape for, scrape goat for this, 
I can't understand and I'm really tripping out about who you have in hand to be able to get you out of this pocket and you know I wonder what fucking deals had to be made for that God, God help us and then I didn't catch the, the second debate that, that was going on but one of the only things I remember hearing because I think they actually did it on a Saturday so this is one of those weird ones where I'm not too sure if they're trying to test to see what kind of ratings they can get on this particular time but it was just one of those things to where it wasn't a part of the work day so because it wasn't a part of the work day it meant that I wasn't glued you know what I'm saying to my phone or at work Google, you know, easily available, news feeds coming all around me. I'm chilling or dealing with the family thing. But the one thing that I got out of all this, and I didn't, this is actually how I discovered there was even a second debate. I thought it would have been more, um, I don't want to say, because I'm pretty sure it was nationally bro- uh, broadcasted, but it would have been, I don't know, given more of a heads up. I mean, I just, I, pre- I assumed that this, it, they would try to get it to your attention way more like how they did the previous one. At least I thought the previous one was advertised more and whether that was strategic or not, I don't fucking know. But the only thing that I got from it was a character that had become a meme and that's fucking seven Kevin or Ken bone, 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 bone. And it was funny how I was seeing him. Actually, the first thing I ever saw him in and I laugh only because he reminded me of my fat ass a few years ago where uh, it had a picture of him in his infamous red sweater, and they had it saying something about uh, the man your girl tells you not to worry about. And I know that might sound terrible, just in the sheer fact that, you know, you got to keep ass people for everyone. But he just he was just seeing like that lone ranger, like that nigga that was just kind of chilling, and you know what I'm saying, letting you do your thing, and he was just coming in with the realness. And whether or not I want to say that that's how I came out, well, that's, uh, that's another topic for another day. But when I saw it, I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, who is this guy? But I didn't think nothing else of it. And then other things and other things started sprouting out. And it, it didn't take too long to then see interviews of this guy. And I'm talking about, like, literally every channel that I was going on, every single uh, news uh, media outlet, they all had an interview with him. And he was always rocking that red sweater and, and really just, I mean, they'd clown on him and he'd make his own little jokes and, you know, he... It, it, it kept our attention, but I'm wondering how is it that this, you know, heavy set, damn, you know, well, you know, it's probably technically considered obese, you know, Midwestern man who was asking some kind of energy question, a real fluff question, the, the, the type of thing to where, you know, when the presidents or, you know, whatever government officials, they come to a high school and, you know, the students have a opportunity to ask them a question and instead of asking something, you know, cutting edge or, you know, something that makes you grit your teeth, it's, you know, uh, uh, in suspense or anticipation, it's some fluff piece, some the, the thing that you get and you ask that to make things really easy, pretty much you're giving this motherfucker the opportunity to, you know, get a fly ball, like you want to knock this one out the park, something easy. And I kind of laughed that he then became the scapegoat for all this because, you know, and his, his story was interesting enough. You know, he had a suit, you know, being a fat guy, you know, the moment he put on his little suit that he had made tailored or that became to his belong to his pappy or some shit ripped. You know what I'm saying? And then it happens. You know, I'm embarrassed to say that, you know what I'm saying? You know, sometimes shit doesn't fit. And that's why bitches, you know, be be bridezillas on their weddings because the shit that they forgot fitted for so many months in advance you know no longer is fitting them and you know they're having a cow attack you know but regardless of that that was the first thing he's able to find and i'm just thinking 
and and they made a really big deal about him having that sweater because it it then became one of the most top selling things to where it sold out. I don't know if it was Izod or Macy's, whoever the hell carries that particular brand, and it just fucking just just the the sheer. Uh, magnitude of kind of how famous he got and whether it was a quick little 15 minutes or not and how I mean they even fucking made Halloween costumes I mean the fact that they and we'll get in Halloween costumes in a little bit but the fact that they have a fucking sexy Harambe outfit you know has tells you the fucking the, the sheer reaches will do in order to be able to make a buck especially if, you, if there's enough sympathizers out there that's kind of what I think gave Ice is such a great power there's enough sympathizers out there to get, get these niggas to have a movement to roll with but back to Kevin Bone or Ken Bone wherever he goes by he kind of like I said, stole the show in the aspect that, you know, it was all about him. Now, I think in that, when they do that and, you know, everyone's, you know, gaga over you, people then start digging a little bit. And he was doing an AMA. I'm not too sure if that's a porn thing or something to where it was connected to Reddit. And he was doing kind of like a question and answer kind of thing, a Q&A. And he then, I guess, opened up the old account that he had once before and they have your history there. I mean, every website you go to is going to have your history. You go to my Tumblr, you're going to see some of the nasty-ass likes I, I've liked. But, I mean, hey, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's uh, because the beauty is in the eye of the beholder, so whatever. But this guy, you're able to see conversations and jokes that he's had, commenting on when the fappening happened, which he had commented on some kind of Jennifer Lawrence picture. And, hey, I will admit that was probably my favorite thing of that. I mean, that sucks that their privacy was broken in that aspect. But, I mean, she's, she's a goddess for sure. So, I mean, of course, that would probably be something you would have caught me, you know, you know, uh, commenting on, not talking shit, but if anything, kind of giving my praises. And then that's 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 really where I feel like, OK, that's bad enough. You're talking about something that's, you know, not so much work appropriate. Along with that, he referenced about how he sexually preferences um, pregnant women, which that's a fetish. And considering that most niggas leave their women, and, and when I say niggas, I'm talking about just some, you know what I'm saying, no good, nasty men in general, not just, you know what I'm saying, black folks. Um, <laughs> although the, you know, the, the lines at, uh, the, you know, children welfare will probably give you a good distinction. Latinos and blacks. But anyways, I mean, every, there's just, there's countless amounts of people, so we can't even fucking praise anybody for that shit. I mean, you're either a person of honor or you're not. But regardless, it's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is, if he fancies those people that maybe are abandoned, just like the, the butch dyke lesbians that, you know, pick up these brokenhearted pregnant women that got beaten by their men, give praise to the motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're trying to, you know what I'm saying, make, make treasure out of trash. So, God bless them. Now, in, in that same respect, he's just, he just commenting about things. He even talks to a, a tranny that was asking for clothing advice. And I'm not too sure if he was trolling or not, but he mentions getting a, a vibrant, you know, red sweater and some khakis. So that kind of goes to show that, you know, he just happened to have his shit put on. He wasn't, um, I mean... We try to make him out to be this hero. We kind of make fun of him at the same time. And then we get upset because he makes a couple of off-collar remarks. And I mean, that's fucking, that's, that's ridiculous. And there's even another story or another comment, because like I said, in Reddit, you can see all your comment history and everything. And there was one, uh, I guess, article or one story about someone who had just had felt ugly and suicidal. And he had said something inspirational about that, the likes of that. Another thing, actually, now, now thinking about it, that he had caught um, headwit on or some heat towards was the, uh, the, 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 fucking, the Trayvon Martin thing, which... 
you know, we can argue all day about how that shit was foul, uh, but there is a certain line where he mentions it being justifiable. Not to say that it wasn't, it didn't have a moral implications, but that, you know, when your life's in danger, that's what happens. So, mind you, not so much a good thing, but it's, it's going to come off wrong because most, most media outlets, especially straight up internet companies that are looking for clicks, they're going to put on their you know, a precise word that they can quote. Because if they're going to quote something, it better be precise. Now, when you're men- you can mention a whole bunch of shit and then take one small word from what they had actually mentioned and you got yourself a fucking some clickbait and they use the word justified. And obviously there's more context to that. But we're going to see that word run with it and assume he's a fucking Nazi prick asshole. So, mind you, he doesn't look like the fucking, like, the nicest guy. But not to say that he's, you know... That much on the on the on the uh, on the deep evil end, and I think that's kind of where we're they're kind of fighting towards in this whole um, politic race and in these elections. That's exactly what's going on. They're trying to figure out who's the less evil, who can be the head of these two. I mean, I was even tripping out my grandma bringing up martial law to me and saying that she had heard some shit about it, that happening this time around and who fucking knows if we can't decide one from the other and feel like they're both pieces of shit and we end up having a you know what I'm saying just kind of board up the walls and have government take over shit because we're too fucking stupid to pick a side and we're you know arguing about the left or right when clearly we should be going down a more of a middle road um you know it's, it's, who knows when they start taking the you know taking the uh, the control on that shit. We, they start taking shit off of autopilot and start manning the wheel. Now, in that same aspect, I'm wondering myself, like, dang, how is it that this Cambone has gotten all this attention when really we should be fucking focusing on these candidates? They're full of bullshit responses. And, you know, how we can try to better ourselves into, and, like, into going through a, a more proper path. And it's little, you know, monkey wrenches like this that gets thrown in that makes you wonder... Or makes you think or should alert you and be like, yo, this is really a shit show. And we need to be more serious and we need to be more precise and figure out what the fuck we're doing. And, and to allow ourselves to be distracted by such nonsense is kind of horseshit like. And we should really, really, if not be scared, then just be alarmed. I feel like that's kind of like the best part of what, or that's what the trick is when you see um, a sleight of hand move or a sleight of hand trick or whatever you want to call it. You know, you kind of, you're fucking shaking your your left hands. You can come in with a strong right or, you know, be able to put whatever the hell behind your back or off the sides, whatever the, wherever is away from the eyes. And I mean, in in some aspects, it would make you feel like, well, fuck, I want to, I want to escape. I want to get out of here. I want to be a part of this process. Now, this process might be, you know, world dominant as far as the the land on earth and you know we're covered with what 80 70 percent of water i mean we're only one third of you know of 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 land is and everything else is fucking water like it's a big fucking deal or is it three three quarters yeah is uh, is the water magnitude that we're filled by so imagine all the fucking secrets that are down there and again that's a another topic for another day and you figure in, in instead of trying to focus in on that instead of trying to figure out what's in the world what's in the water how can we make some sort of maybe uh, ecosystem out of that because you figure whatever the hell is down there gets to survive so something has to keep it going and i'm sure there is and i can't wait till we can figure that out and who knows if we ever find um, an aquarius not aquarius but some kind of aqua world and i forget the, the name that i ever hearing before but we're looking the opposite way or instead of looking in we're looking out and 
they figured out through that how's it Hubba telescope here, that big ass one that can see the furthest, strongest telescope there is. I uh, had noticed that there's actually ten times more galaxies than 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 uh, we knew of before. And I know one of the bigger things. I think before there was like two two million or yeah, is it two million or two billion? And then now there's like two hundred. So they'd actually uh, was well, yeah, it was two trillion. I'm sorry, it was two trillion. And now it's up to, to two billion. I I was in the presumption actually that trillion was above uh, billion. And actually, forgive me, no, no, it is two trillion. It is two trillion. And before we thought that shit was about two billion. And that is kind of is mind-boggling in the sense that we really don't know what the hell's out there, and there has to be something chilling or something chilling or who. I'm just I'm curious as to how far out. So we need to go until we can see intelligence or, you know, be able to, to catch up with something. And for the most part, we probably just can't see them, can't hear them because we're just not as advanced to it yet. We're probably still in, in the primal stages of shit. I mean, shit, we're still fighting over race, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and all this other bullshit. But that that's not stopping private companies from, from investing into what we believe in the future is, you know, being able to get the hell out of here. And there's already going to be space tourism. And they're saying this is possible as close as 2020. Now, there's two private space companies that say they're going to have commercial facilities available by 2020. Uh, one of them is called the Bigelow Aerospace and Axiom Space uh, announcement, actually, is where they released their intentions. Or, no, I'm sorry, it was called the International Symposium for Personal and Commercial Spaceflight. And that's where that, that Bigelow company had, you know, gone in and showed little, you know, habitat modules. And, I mean... It, it's all starting from, you know, private, private, um, privatized firms that pretty much are going to be helping NASA out and so they can send their own astronauts out there. And it's kind of like being able to hitch a ride and, you know, still go and explore, but kind of do it on someone else's dime, which they don't fucking mind because they need someone to fucking, you know, take them out there. So there's a lot of interest and in, by other governments, is, you know, as well, looking for that same thing. I think it was 2001 when the first, you know, rich cat, had hitched a ride, and I forget where his name is, uh, but, you know, more people like him are, are going out there and at least investing into what they, you know, what drives them. His name is Dennis Tito, Tito, who knows, but uh, but apparently they stopped doing, you know, that kind of thing back in 2011, but it's a money field, and if you have people who are going to pay thousands of dollars to go to fucking Africa to see Harambe and whatever poachers that are out there, then... I mean, there's motherfuckers who have money, and they're going to the wrong, you know, to the poorest places, and seeing how these fucking niggas leave a natural oasis, you know, or whatever the hell. So I could just imagine, you know, those same kind of folks who had the money and that, you know, scrilla to go up into space. You know, the fact that we're only, I mean, we're at the already at the end of 2016, so we're literally maybe about three years away from this shit happening. Like they already have modules that they're testing out. Like we're at that stage. Like, I didn't even know people were going to and fro the, you know what I'm saying, the moon or, you know, into space. And we're talking about being able to, to fuck around in Mars. And a quick little side note, I was watching uh, Storybots with the boys. And it was this dope-ass thing talking about the planets. And I totally forgot that we don't consider Pluto to be a planet anymore. So they're rapping and they're talking about all the cool little features. One place having both volcanoes and ice and, you know, these are just just that we know about and you know we're figuring out that there's so many that there's two trillion galaxies out there 
Like the universe is so big and at what point at what what juncture do you kind of cross paths into the you know into something that's going to take you into the parallel and you know and you find something you know in some you know tracked out you know alternate universe and who knows the possibilities you know that go within that so it's just just so much bigger and it's shit so big that you don't know where to start and truly just like charity it's just start in the home or at least that's a line that I heard in a Friday movie. But, you know, that that's where it starts. And it's kind of where you where you dig and where you build and where you start, you know, recognizing. And, you know, whether it's out in space or, you know, in our deepest waters, which can consume us whole with no problem. I mean, we hope that whatever's down there, whatever's around can, you know, if they're be them even bothering to listen, that they show some sort of, you know, some sympathy and hopefully help us out or gears towards the right space and know that you know that we're usually in the effed up you know kind of sphere of our own selfishness that you know we don't mean to be or that we don't want to be and there's those moments of clarity where we hope that we can be forgiven and you know hope that uh we can be spared right or you know what i'm saying or bless or allow that in which we create to hopefully obtain its blessing you know if it's too late for me then for the children what the fuck what the fuck what the fuck what in the fuck, the fuck? news you know so in, in lighter uh still quite disturbing what the fuck news uh pennsylvania police officer was accused of masturbating in a car but it's okay because he says he wasn't really masturbating he was just simply trying to stay awake now in bethlehem uh, patrolman glenn c woolord uh, he had ended his night shift and was driving home Wednesday morning when he pulled down his basketball shorts and exposed himself, according to court records. Now, he was technically off duty, so I don't know if that means anything. Now, and he was uh, parked up in front of a Tajay. That's Tajay for those folks that ain't real fancy. And they saw this 35-year-old patrolman who admitted, not at first, but afterwards, of exposing himself. But he says that, you know, he wasn't trying to harm anybody. It wasn't of sexual desires. Now, the reports had mentioned that uh, he had his window down. So that's as if, you know, he wanted to be seen. And if you're going to jerk off, you're going to probably want the windows up. Now... I don't have any tinting on my window, so it wouldn't matter regardless if, you know, for me to do that shit. So, hey, maybe he just wanted some fresh air. Like I said, he was trying to wake up. Now, it was also said that when he was, uh, what was it? He was just simply, you know, kind of, it was a kind of a morning shift. So, you know, he was on his way home. No, no, my bad. Overnight shift. So he was on his way home, and I guess, you know, the, the but he parked, though. You know, I was going to say maybe he just wanted a cool breeze to kind of get him up some, but he was at fucking front of a Target. So, and then again, who the fuck are working on targets? Don't they open up like a 10? Don't they open up pretty late? Like, I don't get it. But yeah, um, apparently... Oh, so I guess he was in the middle of a parking lot between a Target and a Dick Sporting Goods. So I guess that kind of makes sense. Still, though, I mean, you're fucking... You're exposing yourself and, you know, you're on your way home. Unless that's how he gets kicks, he definitely offended some folks. And the male penis will usually do that. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? What in the fuck? News. And I guess in the, in the same regards, the same spirits, um, there was an accused rapist, which was heavy in itself. No light joke about raping, but he offers to whip out his dick in court to prove of its to prove its small size. 
and unfortunately the, the cloud, uh, the judge uh, declines his offer. But I mean, it's arguable that, that the only time a man, let alone a man in jail, is going to want to tell the world that he has a small dick, it's going to be in this instance. And his name is Jacquees Polkchop Rashop. So, I mean, he kind of looks Jewy, Jewy in Russian, possibly. Middle name's Porkchop, so I'm not too sure. I mean, that sounds like it's a street name. But that's the regard he made about his dick. He says that, uh, that his rape and choking trial on Tuesday, where he took the stand for a second day to insist he's innocent, claiming that his penis is way too small to have committed vicious sex crimes against two veneer prostitutes. Vanier, Vanier. It uh, goes that it's my only defense. Rashop told the Ross Chop, told the jury. It goes the accused choker rapist said that he'd been humiliated by international headlines for mounting his small penis uh, defense, but that it's the only way he can prove his innocence in the she said he said case, absent of DNA evidence, rape kits, or independent witnesses. Now you'd figure if it would have gotten to this deep stage, the sheer fact alone that he doesn't. That there's no evidence like that against them, and I don't know how uh, prostitute, mind you, if you're in that position, that doesn't mean anyone can do what they want because you are to be in control. That's why you are in the profession that you are doing. But I mean, people would argue about you know whether or not someone can be raped. Because obviously that that's just certain serious, and if you say no, it's no. But it's funny when those people have to kind of you know cry wolf in that aspect because look what the position that they got themselves. And same thing like pro- uh, uh, what's the what's the legal form of prostitution? Porn stars. Just how like when 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 they do that. And remember the big old deal with with that guy James Dean and how you know there's a couple of accusations of him raping a bitch, which you'd figure that's their profession. But then again, no means no, and that can get murky. And I'm not even gonna get into that because it's it's foul in itself. But you figure if they had no evidence, then why is he? Why would he be so scared? And why would he go with this defense? It's gonna fucking haunt you. I mean, they have your name out there, pork chop. What the hell? Now it says that under cross examination, though, as his crown attorney, uh, Megan Cunningham noted, that the smaller his penis is, the stronger his defense case is. And this is all in print, yo. Cunningham again and again questioned the size of his penis, claiming that he controlled the experiment, referring to the times a nurse visited him at the Inns Road Jail with a tape measure and a camera. What the fuck? And I guess he, uh, even Porkchop's penis was fully erect when uh, when it was measured. And it goes, they revealed that um, they, and they're still waiting to fully examine him. Uh, but he goes, I have a penis of a seven-year-old, he testified. I'm not making this up. I can whip it out and show you. That's just some fucking heinous shit. <laughs> and, but, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, he's been into shit and uh, having convictions on him since, since from 91 to 2005. So, I mean, he's been, he's been labeled as uh, lying, stealing, and committing crimes. So, I mean, it's terrible kind of the shit he got himself into. And I feel bad because you could tell this woman was, was once uh, a purdy and turned into a crack whore. And it's so funny, her name was Amy uh, Paul, and she was 27. Actually, was found dead two weeks after going missing in 2013. So, and it's, you know, and it's fucked up occasions like this to where, you know, just kind of like even with the homeless, you'd figure, okay, well, nobody can, not to say no one gives a fuck about them, but they've obviously made the choice. They've gone about life, and, you know, they're, you know, they've moved on, probably haven't told their family where they are. And, you know, obviously that's going to cause a whole lot of just stress and grief and just sadness. You know, and obviously you do what you got to do. And unfortunately, when you realize the resources you have, you're going to exercise those. And if you don't plan on flexing a muscle or a special skill, you're going to, you know, use what God had given you. 
which naturally should be, you know, for the ones that you love or, I mean, in this case, you know, for a quick buck. And mind you, I'm not hating on that and I'm not condoning it and I'm not saying it's bad at all either, but, you know, you find yourself in this position and then when you're kind of in the darkest of valleys doing the dirtiest of deeds, you know, one can go missing real quick. And same instance with like with homelessness, you know, and you know the lot of tough choices that they had to have made, and you know if there's no one there to claim them, you know they have no legal tender, and you know there's just no one for there to be. If they were to go missing, I mean, well you've been missing, and that's the end of that. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? What in the fuck? News. This guy went with a small penis defense, and. I don't know how you can kind of come back from that, especially if uh, it doesn't really do you, do you, it doesn't do you a solid for the win. So, you know, I, I, I can't be mad at him, you know, using that defense. That's primarily the reason why I got to see a lot of my exes still, because, you know, having them having those micro thingies that did the things that they do, I mean, to do what I do. Lord forgive me. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? What in the fuck? What the fuck? News. Now, the next, this, and this will be the last what the fuck story I got for the show. Um, and I'm not going to read the headline because it gives it all away. And I think this one's really priceless. Uh, but it goes, and this happened in Las Vegas. It says, Martin Klein, who's 41, was arrested after a shoplifting incident turned horribly wrong. And, accident, and according to reports, uh, Mr. Klein and his partner, Jerry Wise, and that's ironic that last name's Wise, uh, had stolen several grocery items from the Las Vegas Walmart. Now, reportedly, Klein and Wise uh, had entered the Las Vegas Walmart at approximately 11 a.m. and headed towards the breakfast food aisle. Now, both of the men had taken several cans of Pillsbury cinnamon rolls from the aisles and headed towards the bathroom. Now, according to the CCTV footage, uh, Klein and his partner entered the restroom and stayed inside nearly 20 minutes before accident. Now, it says, I had went to the, uh, to the bathroom to wash my hands when I heard a man in one of the stalls moaning. Now, I had no idea what was happening. I washed my hands and went back to my station in the deli department. I said, Jonathan Peterson, who was, a, who was an employee at the store. It was when Klein was approached by Walmart security after they had uh, witnessed the two men enter the restroom. Klein told his partner to find his mother in the front of the store. Now, that's goddamn embarrassing right there. I mean, you're with your mom, you know, and I remember being a kid going to, you know, Target or Kmart or some shit, and, you know, you find the, the toy section, and, but you lose your parent, and, you know, but I knew that if I go to the front of the register, that bitch has to make it up there, and it's usually pretty hard to get told no when you're in front of people. Well, anyways, uh, he, he had asked Mr. Klein to show him the items that he had taken, you know, from to the restroom, and, uh, uh, what you might call a security guard there, and uh, Mr. Klein had denied taking any items into the restroom when he walked away towards the front of the store. And he goes, I f and he's saying that I followed him as he met up with the other person and he was in the restroom with. And I grabbed Mr. Klein and his friend squeezed KY jelly in my face. KY got all up in my eyes and on the floor I attempted to grab Mr. Klein and, and the both of us fell. Now I fell on top of him and that is when I heard a loud popping noise. Now Mr. Klein had screamed loudly and when fluid started running uh, from his backside it was so disgusting but at least I caught the suspect. God damn. 
So <laughs> if y'all haven't uh, realized this, and I'll tell you by the name of the article, this motherfucker had hijacked and got caught uh, because a cinnamon roll can had exploded into his ass. Or I should say, had exploded outside of his ass. And that probably is the most mind-bending. And I can't imagine how much in need of a fix you were to get them goddamn cinnamon rolls. And, and I'm wondering that, what temperature, you know, the inside of your anal cavity can get to where he can bake these things, but it gushed out of him, so I, I wouldn't understand why it would hurt anymore. I mean, I'd understand maybe literally fudge packing it into his ass, but to do a can and all, which I'm assuming they were going to eat afterwards, that just sounded fucking mad messy and too good of a fucking article not to bring up cinnamon roll can explodes inside man's butt during a shoplifting incident and if you can just see his face he just looks like a twacked out motherfucker and i'm one of those people that you know a rare bird that hasn't been to vegas and i just know if i were to it simply would be for cocaine and prostitutes and why if you can do that at home and it mind you but i know that crack and meth are probably the most well-known drugs out there and i'd imagine i mean if i were to go you know what i'm saying it'd be the basic necessities but people who are out there like i said they're up the desert as well and you know they're cooking more ways than one but yeah man shouts out to this motherfucker and uh another reason not to go i don't want to deal with such fuckery now one thing kind of you know kind of looking back at, at things um kind of milestones and, and shit like that we're, we're at the end of 2016 the years that are closed we're now facing one of the biggest elections ever in both, you know, the sheer fact that there's people who are of experience and those that are just reality TV stars. We have the opportunity and we're seeing that, you know, space uh, tourism is going to be an actual thing. Should we have fucking hoverboards? We now, I mean, there's a limited print, but they actually came out with the fucking Back to the Future Nike self-lacing shoes. We've, we've reached a, a lot of things. I mean, shit, we can fucking voice communicate, you know, via a video audio device. And we do that shit on the daily. Um, and a lot of, you know, you get your prediction, things like that. But, we, but we've come such a, a long way and still, you know, have a lot more to progress, of course, internally, um, spiritually, uh, metaphorically. But in movies, um, like I said, there's just... It, they're almost old enough to drink now. Some of the biggest, you know, milestones. There's, you know, biggest, you know, things that kind of, if not started phenomenon, then we're at, at the very least just something that were, you know, was cutting edge. Um, and and one of them is uh, the movie Independence Day, which, once again, all, all the movies I'm about to go into right now, they all released in the year 1996. All were important in its own right or just, a, you know, a pretty big deal. And they're just, it's that old now. And even though we've had special effects and CGI for a minute, I mean, we've come a long way from the fucking Godzilla videos where it's someone in a goddamn fluffies, not fluffy, what are they called? Uh, when they kind of dress up like an animal, whatever the hell, some kind of mascot gear. And we've come a long way from that. I remember when Independence Day came out, it was the first movie I've ever seen on DVD. And it was, and this is where people spent thousands of dollars on getting these entertainment systems, which, I mean, luckily I was blessed to have some hand-me-downs, but, you know, people really, you know, they go balls deep to be able to get this home theater experience. And if you have the luxury to, then you fucking should, because that's how you're able to enjoy shit. And there's some people who have, you know, shits in their living room way better than your fucking AMC. Fuck you, Hawkins. Anyways, um, 
I remember just that you know some of it still kind of lives up to today. I haven't seen it in a minute. I know they even had a fucking sequel. Like I said, they had to wait fucking twenty years, but it's twenty years old now. Like you could almost legally drink. That's how this fucking movie is. Another one that turns twenty is Romeo and Juliet, the one with uh, Claire Danes and um, Leonardo DiCaprio. It was one of the first movies I remember seeing him in. I know he. I, I remember seeing him, I guess, in Gilbert, who was eating Gilbert Grape before. So, but when I saw that movie, it really made me appreciate the literature. And you know, even though we had the seventies versions. It was just, it was a pretty big deal. A lot of it just, it, because they kept exact to the dialogue, which is what you should. You don't fuck with his words. And although it may seem outdated, they were able to kind of carry it into just how it is now. I remember them referencing specifically uh, the word sword with a nigga holding a pistol. And I remember Kushio, or however you say his name, he was this flamboyant, just it tranny at one, at one, at one point in the movie. And just it was just dope all around. If I highly suggest you see it. I remember that year was actually full of um, of uh, Shakespeare stuff. I think Macbeth came out that time too. I mean, there's always those times where they come back and forth. But another one that turns 20, and we're still getting its sequels today, is uh, Mission Impossible. I remember. I don't remember exactly the first one, but this is kind of where Tom Cruise was just you know saying was on his shit, and this is I think what kind of solidified him as a, as an action star. Another one that came out that year was The Hunchback in Notre Dame. Probably one of the darker um, Disney movies at the time. Uh, this is, mind you, before they they were into, you know, getting hardcore in the, in the CG animation, even though that's when the year prior is when they had Toy Story. But even then, like, shit, like, there's just, it, just, it, it did a whole lot. And I can't remember the movie too much because I remember just feeling bad at seeing the, you know, The Hunchback like that. But, you know, it's... Fucking, it had, it had its, it had its, it had its emotions. Another one uh, was the Birdcage with Robin Williams, and I forget the dude who played his gay lover, but fucking hilarious. I, I wish I would have rewatched it again just to kind of take it in a glimpse of it. But they pretty much play two gay uh, producers, and it's just, it's Birdcage. I mean, that's just, that's just gay trivia one to one. You got to know that. Just how you got to know fucking um, the Rockyville horror. Horror. Uh, another one here was uh, T- Jerry Maguire, and this is when it was Tom Cruise again, and uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. And I think he, I think Cuba Gooding w- was working for the Cardinals, and that was such a, such a big deal. And I have no idea what makes fucking movies and wh- wh- how they can land on a fucking certain team. And I mean, a lot of most of our music, produ- our movie movie production crews are kind of based in Scottsdale, so that just was kind of a good nod to us. I, at least I thought I really liked it. This this is at a point where the Cardinals were really all that great and they didn't have a stadium they're fucking sharing the stadium at the time with the at the asu sun devils which is a fucking college team here so that was kind of a big deal and kind of shitty that they when the, the franchise itself went without having its own place for so long but you kind of you make dues and you grow from that now they have a fucking beautiful stadium the uh, is it the phoenix college uh stadium or yeah something like that it's fucking dope as hell and just shouts out to them fucking picking the Cardinals. And it's almost funny because I'm almost thought it was kind of a shit uh, talking move because a years prior, uh, they had did the Major Leagues, which is a baseball movie, and it was based on the Cleveland Indians. And it's just, I'm like, are they that shitty of a team? They're like, fuck it, you know, if we can get us some, some, uh, some publicity, then we won't knock it. Uh, next one here on the list was uh, Scream. And my goodness, this is one of the, I guess... 
hippest, you know, uh, first commercialized, you know, horror movies. It's kind of what got Wes Anderson, you know, in the door. Um, Drew, a young Drew Barrymore was in there. She was a baddie. I mean, Courtney Cox, uh, I forget the other bitch who played the other main bitch, but it's just, it's a series that not only continued, but also is, is constantly being made fun of and kind of is the basis for, for things now and trilogies. So that was kind of a big deal. Um, another one here was uh, Swingers. Swingers was probably my first foray into who, who, uh, Vince Vaughn, and I was too young to, to really appreciate that shit uh, back then, but just kind of seeing it back now, there's this badass line, I'm trying to remember, where he talked about, you know, the white bunny, um, and the white bunny, I forget who played her, but she's a really cutie too, she ended up in uh, the first Austin Powers flick, or no, no, was it the second or third, I don't fucking remember, but she, you know, still bad and just kind of saying about the lonely, fragile, you know, prey, and you know, us men of the big, bad wolves that are out there trying to, you know what I'm saying, sink our teeth into something, but Dykes too, I don't think I'm ignoring you guys, another one was the People versus Larry Flint, and I just remember that being such a big deal. Because I think I remember asking my dad, like, who the fuck this guy was? And mind you, this is a movie that's out there. So you're going to hear about it. And just to throw your name out, there's enough to cause curiosity. Anyways, Larry Flint was the fucking, I don't know if he was the owner or co-founder of Hustler. And it's a very dirty magazine. Another one here, and this probably meant the one of the, one of the biggest, as far as for this actor, is Happy Gilmore. And it was kind of one of the, I mean... Uh, his name fucking Adam Sandler had already gotten his foot in the door he was already you know getting hype off of MTV this is now where he's his own little star and he's creating his own shit I mean Happy Gilmore Productions became the the name of his of his uh, posse and crew so yeah that kind of was was it and I, and I one of my closest homies he's such a fucking fan like he sees himself in similarities and I cannot commit he Adam Sandler gets a lot of shit for kind of making shitty shit now. And I want to say it started probably when he started doing Jack and Jill. And, you know, you, can, you might get a fluff piece, you get a wacky idea, and sometimes it'll stick, and it might be fun, hopefully. And one, one thing for sure I know he does, though, he does have fun, especially when he did, there was a movie, because I, I loved him when he did shit with Drew Barrymore, shouts out to her. And uh, you'll hear more from her later if, you haven't heard, if, we, if I haven't already used her yet. But um, when he did Fifty First Dates... And even before that, he did Wedding Singer. He did good movies, you know, because they match. They have good chemistry. And she's adorable. And, you know, and he's just, he's a great, you know, he can, he can be funny when he can. <laughs> and they did some other movie where they go to fucking Africa. It was some bullshit. Funniest part was when Terry Crews fucking did a titty dance. Like, it, it, it was not the greatest of things. But he has the opportunity that when he does these movies, he's able to go out on location and fucking take his family and his friends. And that's if that's not the coolest fucking thing when you're doing movies, fuck with all the haters. And like, I have fun and I got paid. Hiller. Now, the last one I'll mention here is, uh, is Fargo. And I admit, I really don't remember it. But I know that I'm a really big fan of the Coen brothers. My favorite fucking movie is probably... Uh, well, one of my favorites is No Country for Old Men. And I feel like it's a fucking masterpiece. Everything they've done except for that last shit where they're in the, the, the was a Hail Caesar. I mean, maybe I just haven't watched it enough times because when I watch a movie of theirs, I watch it fucking repeatedly. It's going to sink in. It's going to speak to you. They did, he, they, could, they did just fucking dope-ass shit afterwards. So they're the shit. And you should definitely look up the discography. And Fargo was such a fucking cult classic that, I mean, it fucking had people right behind it. And I don't know if it's a Netflix exclusive. I don't know. I'm too much on Netflix. Dick. I think it's a, either a fax or AMC. 
one of them cats, and if I'm totally wrong, then fucking forgive me, but they now have a show, and if supposedly that's on the second, uh, not supposedly, it's it's on the second second or third season, and apparently it's the shit. And the only reason I wouldn't want to see it is because fucking Kirsten Dunst is in it, and everything since she did me wrong on Bring It On, and Spider-Man, it just has broken my heart, and I don't want to see the bitch anymore. Well, actually, she did Spider-Man because she did Bring It On, and for that, I just got fed up with the bitch, but it looks like a fucking really good cast. I can't really speak too much on the show, but fucking... Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to check it out for damn sure. And that's fucking 20 years. The fact that what happened then is still kind of trickling in and we're still using moving forward. And I sure hope we don't start remaking these shits. This kind of worries me because we are kind of in a way shit from back then. We're still be doing it, trying to kind of bite off of nostalgia and hoping that fucking makes us an extra penny. And, you know, you could hope that it's going to be more entertaining and hopefully not just based to fucking get shit out of our walls, but that hopefully it can engross or create a, a universe or a story that we can really get lost into or that can speak to us. And once again, open us up more. Hopefully. I'm just talking shit now. Now, tis the season of uh, s- uh, pumpkin spice lattes and everything else you can imagine. We're getting closer and closer to Halloween. And... Every time Halloween comes around, you know, at least in the, in the Latin groups, the Dia de los Muertos is supposed to be uh, recognizing and kind of like a celebration of, you know, lives that we lost and hoping for the lives of the living and, you know, time to celebrate. And in other instances, other parts of the world, we kind of use it to go door to door like some fucking Jehovah Witnesses. Instead of preaching the good word, we're asking for candy. And I don't understand how the word trick or treat came about. I'm pretty sure there's deeper line in that as far as um, what's the trick and what's the treat. And I don't know if it was always sugary sweet. But another aspect that stemmed from that very thing was um, one, the, one of the probably the biggest hoisms in the industry. And that's when, you know, we or women... Uh, even some fellas wear the most scantily clad items and pretty much show the ass. I I wonder how many children are um, con- concepted or born for, from sex derived from this fucking day. I don't know. But hoes be out there. It's one of the most funnest times. But, and of course, whatever I guess keeps hoes a churning and niggas spending money is going to be a big business. And, of course, costumes, whether it's rental or just some disposable, that's a big industry. I mean, they, they come in and they own the whole fucking month. People even prep the month beforehand to, you know what I'm saying, kind of get shit right and to save up because it's, you know, fall or whatever the fuck. I live in the desert. I can't see these differences. But one of the costumes where the costumes, as you would imagine, you know, can sometimes lack, if not originality, or pretty much hit every fucking idea you can think of, no matter how um, minuscule obsolete or um what's another word i don't want to say ironic um fuck and you would do it like when you want to write obscure <laughs> obscure is what i'm trying to look up but anyways a lot of these are just fucking random and being a hoism it has to be slutty it has to be sexy and I'm about to go through a list, and I'm going to try to post up the pictures of these sexy dresses and how obscure they get. Uh, one of them is the uh, sexy French fries, and on it you kind of see like a red panel dress, kind of like you'd imagine McDonald's. And French fries would pretty much be the you know covers from the bra to the cleavage, which is kind of smart, but 
really fucking random. And I, I got to say, um, French fries are probably my favorite food ever. Yeah. Uh, next one is the sexy Scrabble. And this bitch just has a bunch of pieces over her. And, and the basic, you know, uh, bustier fucking corset, you know, and a little, you know, mini skirt kind of thing. Real fucking basic, but hey, you, know, you might be able to unlock something with that. Uh, another thing is sexy Big Bird. And I've heard a lot of black women be called Big Bird bitches before, but I've never seen uh, someone want to dress as it. And it's kind of cute because it's yellow. It kind of looks almost like 60s uh, mini dress kind of uh, with, with fucking maxi pumps and like some stockings. So like it's it's cute, but fucking Big Bird, yo. Another one is the sexy dinosaur, and I can just imagine this is uh, for those cougar bitches that really have fucked up faces, but if they wear something on top of their head and just, you know, show a little skimp, then it's going to be doable, and it definitely works in that regard, but what the fuck? Uh, another one here is a sexy minion, which is damn near adorable because all they wear are little overalls, so make that shit shorter and wear a, a cyclops eyeball uh, for a hat, and you got yourself an outfit. Next one is a sexy hamburger. Every fat ass is dream. That's a very skinny, probably like white castle ass small bite fun size morsel of what a hamburger should be. You want that honk? Uh, another one here is the sexy Mad Hatter, which I just thought was kind of unique. So really, I, I can't be mad at that shit. I really cannot be mad at that at all. It just looks kind of ridiculous because of the fucking big-ass hat, but that's pretty dope. Next one is a sexy carrot, and you can see the shape, you know, get lost in the thighs, but it gets right to the point, and fruits never, it never wanted a carrot-craved one. It's a dick-sized food. It doesn't appeal to me. So it's kind of funny that they did that. Next one is a sexy hamburglar, and... As you can imagine, it's a fucking hamburger with a little fucking cape. And then um, probably one of the better ones because it's it's hella cheeky, but I like it. And I wish there was like one for like a Nintendo controller. Um, but the sexy TV remote in the front, you can see buttons all over the panels of her body. And the back is a battery pack. So you're not, uh, you know, bend that bitch over, put in a fresh pair. Uh, another one here is the sexy Grouch. And if you remember the fucking Grouch, he was a motherfucker that lived in a trash can. So... Although skimpy, ridiculous, retarded, and I'd want to shit on her. I'm not even into that kind of thing. Next one is the sexy Chucky. I was scared of Chucky when I was little, and it's so ridiculous because you just fucking squish the fucking thing. And, you know, you figure you'd be afraid of Jason or something of that nature, but because I had so many toys, that was the shit I was afraid of. So, yeah, fuck you. Another one is the sexy SpongeBob, which is fucking devilish because... Their skirt or his pants, and if the bitch has long legs, she, she can really rock some stockings or some, you know, high knee socks. And it's just, it's despicable, is what it is. And I'd be afraid of someone who's young and adolescent wearing something like that and fucking stirring up the crevices of something evil. Next one is a sexy crayon. It's orange, and the orange is definitely not the new black. So get the fuck out of here. And the next one here is a sexy pizza slut, and it's a Pizza Hut um, kind of um, uh, what's it called? Apron. And it just looks like she's doing a porno. So that makes sense. Another one here that's ridiculous is a sexy corn on the cob. And just so you know, I mean, they have no bit of nutrition to you whatsoever. I don't see the big hype about it. But you fucking throw either mayonnaise or sour cream and fucking drizzle and damn near throw it into a field full of uh, Parmesan cheese. So it's nice and 
full and, and some hot sauce. And you got yourself something good there. And the next one here is a sexy Miss Potato Head. And I see a lot of potato head bitches, so that's kind of that's kind of funny. Uh, next one is a sexy Nemo, which I think is very terrible. They're gonna fucking get innocent, non-sexualized Disney characters like that. I say fuck you. Uh, the next one here is a sexy Olaf. And although I really was touched by the song where he talked about be wanting to go to winter, even though he'd fucking melt, that's just retarded, uh, just straight up. Another one is a sexy Bert and Ernie. Now, mind you, I can see a bunch of two, you know, butch lesbians, you know, going out as this thinking that shit's cute, you know, hoping for like a fucking orgy to pop off, but that's just just, just ridiculous, and I don't approve of it whatsoever. <laughs> the last one, and this is pretty scary that it'd be sexy but there's a sexy Gandalf and that's probably about as wrong as you can get I you know I, I wouldn't get so mad if a, if a woman had a little bit of peach fuzz on and who of us had a head some fuzz or some bush to get up in the way of a good time but a fucking full on beard I, 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 I don't know I don't know no I'll say no so if there's anything that we can hopefully get from all of this or hope to be able to, to actually do when it is that time and we're out there celebrating or hoeing it up, whatever the fuck it is, if we're going to be anybody, we should be ourselves. And there was a, a big point where I thought I was really, like, righteous. Like, I thought I was fucking, like, I could do no wrong and that I was fucking Superman and then I could fucking go into crack dens and, you know what I'm saying, like, damn near pistol whip motherfuckers with the Holy Bible and to really be able to amplify and maybe, like, create a fucking army to row with me and then we can go and kick more ass and, you know what I'm saying, bring more, you know, to the Holy Word and try to unravel shit and make it not so corny and, you know, really, you know pretty much have her own like cult but not so much a cult because you could fucking truly leave but you would hope that you could just bring as many people as possible and be able to uplift you know what i'm saying pretty much be jesus and i would literally dress up as jesus and you know jesus would always get laid except for this past time and you know to put those ways behind me or at least figure out how to get back to being jesus and not just a nigga in a costume trying to pretend to be jesus but um like I said, whatever you're doing when you're out there, hopefully you're safe. I mean, you know, may we be blessed with good times, but, you know, if we can help in any fucking way, it's not like any other day that, you know, that requires us to do and to be all that we can be. So, once again, if you're going to be dressing up as a costume, you know, and, you know, being, whether hiding yourself or hopefully not being a fool, may you be yourself. And may you be the truest to you in every sense that, that, can possibly be for real for real now just to wind things down a little bit i definitely want to end this with a beautiful sacrifice uh with the thanks and uh i guess you could say yeah, it's, it'd be a thanksgiving to god to the universe to you know when you give a real one hopefully you can get a, a whole lot back and hope that that uh, tide of sorts will bring on multitude of of blessings and obviously you have to be a giver to be able to to get and may that be in our hearts at all times in one way or another whether it be our talents whether it be our overflowing liquid of dough or just the love that we spread around and i guess just with with the theme of all this poetry if um, you've ever seen the movie uh, this thing is called ninfo or nymphomania I'm sorry, Nymphomaniac. It was a volume one and two. 
And there's uh, the main actress, which I don't want to spoil too much, but if you look up the word and its meaning, you're going to pretty much get a gist of what this movie's about. And uh, uh, actor Charlotte Gainsbourg, who is definitely vintage vagina, uh, 45 at the time of this recording. Uh, She's from London. Um, I always channel my 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 Amy's through through uh, witty tests from out there. So, uh, shouts out to her. She is born of uh, rich culture, actress, singer. She's been in a lot of um, thought provoking things, and I admittedly haven't seen d- probably damn near every single one of them. Well, I think I watched. I'm not there, but I don't remember her part. And um, I highly suggest being able to check out her work. She's she's fierce. And she's kind of scary. And I'm going to be closing off with a, a verse of hers from the movie. So I won't say much more than she's bold. And that's what we should be. And hopefully what we're bold in is of goodness. And not sort of any fuckery. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. And if you would like to be a producer of the show, you can always go to patreon.com slash soulpapo. And again, that's S-O-U-L-P-A-P-O, which is the same name you could reach me on most social medias, at soulpapo. And yeah, holler at me, fuck, talk some shit. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? Spit your game. And remember always to give blessings. Take care. I always say that society is as cowardly as the people in it, who, in my opinion, are also too stupid for democracy. I understand your point, but I totally disagree. I have no doubt in the human qualities. <laughs> the human qualities can be expressed in one word, hypocrisy. We elevate those who say right but mean wrong and mock those who say wrong but mean right. Society is based on hate. It should be based on forgiveness. Hatred is rudimentary. One should be able to forgive one's executioner. By the way, I can assure you that women who claim that Negroes don't turn them on are lying. Bitch, you lying. No. They showed me that there was a world far from mine I had to explore. And there, or perhaps on the other side, get my life back. <laughs>